0: WENJ, WENJ, HD, Millville, Atlantic City, 97.3 ESPN. This is the Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN. Now, live inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, here's Mike Gill. All right, final hour of the show. Mike and Brode, Sports Bash 97.3 ESPN. I'm Mike Gill. That's Hunter Brody at Mike Gill Show on Twitter. You can follow us at 973 ESPN. We got the live stream up on Twitter for the final hour. Casey Joyner will join us. We'll play Anytime Hotline calls right now. And you guys can call the Anytime Hotline anytime, any day, any minute, any hour. I like them to call at 3 a.m. with a little load on after last night's game. You get that sometimes. Well, we're going to play some anytime hotline calls. We're going to react to them. You can always text in 609-403-0973. On the PlaySugarHouse.com text board, place your legal sports bets at PlaySugarHouse.com. Sign up now. They'll match your first deposit up to $250. Must be $21 to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Always hit us up on the PlaySugarHouse.com text board. We'll read off some texts. They've been good ones today. People are fired up. All right, what has you fired up? Is it Doug Peterson? Is it Carson Wentz? Is it the whole team, like Jason Kelsey would say? It's the whole team! Sure is the whole team. Except for Kelsey. Yeah, he's a warrior, huh? Rank them for me right now. Top three things tick you off.
1: Doug, Carson, opposite of Darius Slay. I am disgusted with that spot. And and honestly, it's like very similar to I like this message by the way on the live stream. As a
0: Browns fan, I've been down this road for about 10 years now. Well, that's is what the, the reaction is it the quarterback, is it the coach? Is it the quarterback? I mean, it's it's it's
1: it's everything. I saw a lot of the Browns' reaction yesterday. It's the Eagles fans are complaining, and Browns fans are like, "Seriously, guys, you have no clue what it's been like. You guys just won a Super Bowl. Relax. It's well, like, and not it's and hard I, to do that. I know that, you don't though. want to
0: hear this, but not only did they just win the Super Bowl, they went to the playoffs the last two years. They've been to the playoffs three years in a row. Or people act like, "Well, that's who cares? Ninety-seven.
1: They went to the playoffs." Hey, you know, how many teens would die to be in the playoffs. Yeah, but it's still valid to be this frustrated right now, though. No, but it's like you a to bunch a of spoiled of
0: brats. Like you made the playoffs for three years in a row. Meanwhile, Buffalo made the playoffs last year for the first time in like twenty-five years, and we're complaining that oh, boo hoo, we made
1: the playoffs at nine and seven. I, I do think though that you you got to be in the in the middle of that once again where. You can't allow this to be okay. We talk about Carson Wentz needing accountability. We need to hold this we need to hold this franchise like more accountable than what they gave us this year. Oh, I agree. But still appreciate what you've but done in But Here's the, the best. thing.
0: They win the Super Bowl.
1: And my anticipation
0: is after the Super Bowl, of course you're going to take a step back. For most teams, you're going to take a step back. And the fact that I figured they're going to take a couple steps back and you make the playoffs in the years that you are anticipating taking steps backward like you're kind they won the super bowl with kind of an older team. It wasn't like this young up and coming team. They won with a bunch of guys who were right in their prime. And the next year they were starting to hit the back end of their prime. You held on with those guys I think for one year too long and then you went another year with those guys. And yet you still made the playoffs. So when you were in this transition, while 9-7 and seven isn't special and it's not what you really wanted, you're in this middle ground of still kind of hanging in there. The problem has become when you've had the opportunities to fix your team in those two years, now in this third year you've got no help from 17's draft, 18's draft, 19's draft. You're really not getting a lot from that crew to push you out the other end, where those nine and sevens, you were kind of spinning wheels, but still making the playoffs. Okay. Now you're kind of feeling the flow of not hitting on anything.
1: And not only that, I I do think it's valid that you said when we did win the Super Bowl, where certain players were were at in their careers, you held on too long, and that that definitely comes to a roster construction problem. You had
0: Peters, who was older. Yeah. You had... I mean, Kelsey's kind of weird because he's older, but he still could play. He's not terrible.
1: You had Lane Johnson, who's starting to get hurt a lot now. Well, it's like the Alshon, like you put a lot of money into him at that point. And look, I know this isn't part of the Super Bowl thing, but this Hargrave signing looks horrendous. The weird
0: part is the offense of that team was not, like, great,
1: like, in terms of personnel. Well, I think you the run game the like, run game helped you big time with Blunt, Ajayi, and Clement. That really sparked what you could do because you had three backs that were very versatile in their own way. And that, that really did help create the identity of that offense. Well, you also
0: had a quarterback that was playing off on another planet. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, mean, everything
1: <laughs> just clicked right that season, for sure. No Yeah, doubt I mean, about but it. like, people are not like, oh man, you had that, like, Eric Blunt, like, like he was solid, but he wasn't but like... But he gave, you, this team right now is struggling insanely on third downs, even when it's third and long and, and third and short. But they're not that, getting a whole heck
0: of a lot of third and shorts.
1: But, but that's because I, I feel that, you know, you're not putting your team in the best position to be able to be in third.
0: Yeah, field. I mean, you had, you know, Alshon, who was
1: good that year, but he wasn't special. No, but he was, I mean, he was good. He was Zach very Ertz, solid. Alshon Jeffrey Zach Ertz was, was a difference maker yeah, that Zach Ertz, year. Alshon Jeffrey, were your difference makers. Torrey Smith might have not gave it to you on the stat sheet, but he gave it to you in terms of opening up a lot of things for your for your players elsewhere, so Tory Smith had a really significant role. It just won't say that say much on the stat sheet. I would, right, I would
0: let's say. play some of these anytime hotline. The people took the time to call us and leave these messages. Let's at least give them the airtime to play them and react.
1: I am all
0: out on Wentz, man. I have been a hundred percent out, and I was right. I keep calling in. I keep bashing this clown, this washed-up fool that is Carson Wentz. And there's a lot of things wrong with this team, but Carson Wentz was it he is trash he is garbage I want him off the field I want him benched and I when I'm thinking about his actions if this seasons over I don't care about this season if we got to look at some alternatives here. I only have one thing to say about Doug. Doug said that this game was close. this dude had one brain cell left in his, in his skull he has one left. it's ridiculous we need to tear down everything and rebuild Bros I'm terrified. Terrified.
1: No, I got one thing to say. I, I, I can
0: understand the terrified part, though, is that you felt like you have your quarterback, you paid him all this money, and now the terrifying part is you feel like you don't have the quarterback, but you still have to pay him like you do have your quarterback, and that's terrifying.
1: In the beginning, though, he was talking about how, you know, I've called in all the time screaming about how garbage this guy is. There's been people, like the Carson Wentz haters who have hated him for years now, they're now taking this opportunity to gloat and say, like, hey, this is, this, this is how I felt the whole time. There was nothing that he's ever shown where you thought he would be this. And I feel the beginning of that call was someone who hated Wentz for years and brought this insane passion of hate, which he's never been this. So now, okay, I'm with you. He's trash. But he hasn't been for the three years prior. So I do feel like these Carson Wentz haters that are now you know, saying, Oh, look, I was always right. That's kind of unfair, in my opinion. That's how I see it, at least. I know. I know what
0: you're saying. And I said today on The Daily Drive, I was a Wentz over Foles, and I'm not changing that stance at all. I would never make the change and say, man, they should have kept Foles. Because you know what? No, they should not have kept Foles. But it adds fuel to the Foles people's fire by by this going on right
1: now. It doesn't help that his passing, we talked about your uh, passing yards per attempt. They don't care about Foles.
0: Can't play anywhere else. But right. it, what
1: it does, I think the
0: guy it does help, for me anyway, would be Peterson. Is saying, my offense worked fine for that guy. Worked fine for him. Worked fine for him. This guy's not playing yeah, well. Yeah,
1: then my issue is, why is your offense only good to the standard average quarterback? Like, why is that Why where your offense succeeds? Is when you just have your, your standard average Joe is the only way your offense works. Well, to me, not, that's wild. That's not true, because Carson Wentz is, I mean... Right, that year clicked. I mean, something was different that season, but ever since then...
0: It, no, but he had a good year last year. He had a good year. In 2019, by the way, Carson Wentz threw for over 4,000 yards. But it, it wasn't great. He, he had, it had a great tw- ending. He had 27 touchdowns and 7 interceptions. They were 5-7 and seven at one point, though, so it wasn't like all great and all beautiful. Well, I think a lot of the problems they had last year also were the injuries on the defensive side of the ball, where Wentz, by the way, he had maybe... I mean, yes, in 2017, he only played 13 games. Would he have got over 4,000 yards? Likely. But he had over 4,000 yards last year for the first time ever. He's completed 64% of his passes. He had 27 touchdowns and seven picks, and people are like, eh, that was just okay. The guy was amazing last year. He just wasn't the amazing that you wanted him to be because you keep going back to 2017. But guess what? If he was 27-7
1: and right now... On that pace, this team ain't three, seven and one. I can be. I can tell you that much. And if Doug was better, he'd be in a better position to have those twenty seven and seven stats. But, but I don't think going he was back amazing. To that. But Doug was the same call, play caller last yeah, but, year. Okay, but Carson Wentz was a different version in twenty seventeen. So you can. I you can it, head in the wrong direction, and Doug is just as much as Carson Wentz. Sure, is. but again, I go back to this. Carson
0: played at a level last year that elevated a team that was not nine and seven worthy. To that level because why? The play calling was not great last year. We complained about that all the time, too. Their defense was just meh. But his
1: numbers were, whoa. I don't think that they were as amazing as you're saying. Like, in a vacuum, and this is, you're big on stats afterwards. Like, you need to go back to in the time, in the moment, in the games. Like, it speaks a different conversation compared to just stats and numbers. In 2018,
0: the year before, which, again, I think people last year thought that he was, eh, that year. He had the highest quarterback rating of his career. It was better then than the year in 2017. He had, and the reason really why is he completed 70% of his passes. So the team was not all that good in 2018. But what was good
1: your quarterback. He wasn't that good that year though. I, I mean, if you go back to those times, he was coming off the knee injury. We expected way more. He had the back problem. Like he was okay, but he wasn't like that great. I feel the numbers don't really relate to like, I think you're making a team like he was awesome. He wasn't awesome. No, he, he was wasn't. A, he I'm was saying okay. we looked at
0: 2018 and said, man, this isn't the same guy we saw the year before in 11 games. He threw for nearly the same yards as he did in 2017. But like,
1: I don't think that relates to play, though. I, no,
0: what I'm saying, but, like, okay, he, threw, he averaged 7.7 yards a pass. So, again, it goes back to he had more confidence. He was taking more, you know, letting it go, letting his guys do the job. 21 touchdowns, only seven interceptions. That interception number right now is at 14. He only threw 21 in the three years prior. So, something has changed from... Here's a guy who played fine. He didn't play as well as you would think. He, If he just played to the level of last year and the year before, which you're saying wasn't all that great. I'm not even asking him to be great. I'm just saying those two years. If he's just what he was last year and the year before, I'm not even going back to 2017. This team is far and away
1: better. But I think that there's reasons why that is happening. Now some of it is Carson Wentz, but I also think that there are many factors on why he is not playing to that level. That is not just on him, but there is a lot on him. I'm not taking that away. There's a lot on Wentz just not throwing the ball, not pulling the trigger, not seeing the field very well. But there's also a lot of reasons on why that is the case as well, whether it's personnel, whether it's injuries, whether it's head coach, whether it's scheming, and that's all adding up, whether it's just mentally drafting a quarterback. Okay, I'm
0: just going off of the two constants, the coach and the quarterback. But that's too black and white for me, but go ahead. Well, I'm going off the two constants that I have. The coach is the same, the quarterback's the same, the offense is the same, The quarterback's the same. The coach is the same. The play calling's very similar. The numbers over a three year span, very similar. And now all these things are the same. The only thing that's changing is the quarterback's
1: numbers. But I don't think they're not even close. I think Doug Peterson is not as good as he was in years past when it comes to the way that he calls games and schemes. Like, I don't think he's as strong as he once was. Last season, the year before, like I think he's struggling as well, and I think it's tied together. Carson Wentz is struggling because of Wentz, and Doug Peterson is struggling. Okay, like it's both. It, it's both. I, I'm wins.
0: agreeing with to some extent, but if you're telling me the guy went from, first off, he went from sixty two percent, sixty percent, sixty nine percent, sixty four percent to fifty eight, that's a I'm with you. i a big drop. Uh, that
1: is, and there's a lot in play on why that is, yeah, more than, than I think, just Wentz I himself. definitely
0: think the offensive line injuries, I mentioned this before, the years that Wentz was here prior, they did not have the line injuries that they're having right now, and I think that's a big reason why the Eagles have been a successful franchise, is their offensive line has consistently been one of the top five offensive lines in football, and we mentioned it on Friday. A lot of these other teams have gone through offensive line issues. And it has held them back. And the Eagles are now getting a dose of what happens when your offensive line is a problem. It changes the way that you can call a game as a play caller. No question about it. So I think that is a factor. But what is not a factor? I saw a stat today that when Carson Wentz has time to throw, it's worse. His QBR is forty four, worst in the league. In well, what, other words, what
1: time to throw, and that's where the lack of separation from the receivers. Like, and I'm not saying that's all no. the time because he's missed wide open throws, right. but open players with time to throw. He's the worst quarterback in the league right now. Okay, not, and it's not close. He's got a forty 44- four. That doesn't surprise me because right. I, I know that he has struggled, but that doesn't take away from the other issues as well that I think all plays a Doug role. Doug was in asked
0: this. a question today that I wish he answered a little bit better, and he—I don't even know if he understood the question to be honest with you. But it really was, um, the question was asked was, I know it's a lot of being made of the offensive line shuffling. He said, the question was, when the offensive line is protecting and there is no pressure, what are you seeing from your passing game and how would you evaluate the passing game when the line is protecting from a Carson standpoint, from a wide receiver standpoint? He danced around. He didn't. I don't think he really comprehended. The guy's trying to ask, hey, how's Carson playing when he actually has time to throw? And I'm assuming that question came from this stat that's out there, that he's the worst in the league when he has no pressure and guys are open. So I think Peterson's trying to hide the fact that, or protect the fact that, of course, he's not playing very well when there's plays to be made, and and that's how I see it. I mean, I, I agree with you. I'm not saying that Peterson's a great play caller right now and all that stuff. If he was, maybe they're scoring 30 points a game. But if Carson's playing the way he did the last couple of years, I don't think we're having this conversation. I think the team is scoring 25 points, 24 points, 25 points, and they're probably winning some of these games where they're only scoring 17. And part of the reason the other team's scoring is because you keep giving them the damn ball. You keep turning the ball over in your own end. I mean, you can't throw a pick six. You can't throw an interception when you're driving in
1: against the Giants. I mean, those things don't help. They don't help. They definitely do not help. But I just see it as more of a full package than just Sure, I think solo. ultimately it's most of a full package. But,
0: you know, in this industry and in, in sports, we pick a side. It's one guy or the other. And if I'm picking one guy over the other, I can't take the cop out and say it's a full package. I'm going to uh, pick a side. And to me right now, the side that's hurting your team more
1: is the player. All right, I see it as a a game plan scheme issue from the jump. Like, heading into the week, like, Carson is a problem on game day, but heading into the week, if I need somebody to lay out a blueprint and this is going to put us in the best position to succeed, which starts before game day, you just look so disappointed Uh, looking uh, at that coffee and you didn't have any left. Done. (laughs) But I think it starts with the game plan, and with the game plan being the first thing that initiates how you're going to play on Sunday – That's where I kind of lean towards, hey, this is a problem. If the first thing, the first thing that you talk about when it comes to entering a game on Sunday is scheme, the meetings, the coaches getting together. I think it's lost there before it gets to Carson. I think, to be fair, I think it even starts above that.
0: Yeah, I I just see way too many plays that are just makeable. That's all. And, again, it goes back to, yeah, I don't like the game plan. But even in a crappy game plan, still have enough plays to win these games. That's what I can't get past is I don't love the game plan. But I still have enough plays in a lousy game plan to win. But if I have a coach that because can't I haven't have liked their game, game
1: plan in the years that they did win, right. Isn't that a problem though? Like sure. if, if you don't like the game plan, that tells me that. Well, it's like it's like I don't like the Spurs; they're boring. No, but they but, win all the time, but the Eagles don't win all the time. You take away the Super Bowl; they're seven and nine, nine and seven, and nine and seven. That's one game over five hundred in a three-year span. And you add this year, but I'll take away the best. I'll take away the worst. One game over five hundred in the three-year game span, and three year span is not the San Antonio Spurs. No, I'm just saying, like, I don't have to be aesthetically pleased. I'm point. with you, and I yeah. don't either because Jim Schwartz is it, and I like Jim Schwartz's scheme. But there's something missing with Dougie P. There's just something missing.
0: Yeah, a good quarterback. Here's well, another call. Ed,
1: a lot more than that.
0: It's okay.
2: All we're doing is helping that draft pick. So, honestly, I'm good with that. I've been one of those people I'm, I'm hoping we are lose them. I hate losing like that, but, hey, it is what it is. At this point, I feel like we need to decide if you want to move on from Wentz, we can put Hurts in, and I think if you put Hurts in, you're going to see either one of two things. We'll see that, hey, Hurts is pretty good. He can, you know, at least do his thing. Or, two, you'll see that Hurts is really struggling. and will be like, mm, maybe this is Doug, not Wentz. But, I mean, at this point, I don't see why you continue moving forward with Wentz. Clearly, something's not right with him. He's completely not on the same page with the of his receivers. I mean, it feels like it's a good time for a change. That's
0: an interesting point. If Doug – I don't think Doug has the authority to bench him. I don't Because if he did, you would say, let me show you what my offense can do if I had a guy who can make the routine throw.
1: I think you wouldn't even see the same game plan. I said this earlier. I think you would see him adapt. You'd see him run more things that would make sense for Jalen Hurts, for more of a running quarterback who can be more versatile in that area, RPO. You would see – A a different scheme, which blows my mind, because why is it taking a mobile quarterback in Hurts to do that when you can do that with Carson Wentz as well?
0: All right, here's another.
1: Sean here. The Browns are probably one of the worst good teams in the league right now, and we just got absolutely embarrassed by them. Even though it was a five-point game, the score did not really tell the story, and I, I think Wentz really needs to be benched to send a message to him because, like, I think it maybe you could motivate him or something, but he's not playing anywhere near solid football. He's playing terrible football right now, and, and he needs to make a change, especially when we're like, contending playoff hunt with other
2: teams in our division. Thanks for taking my call. Fly equals fly.
1: I like the uh, – they're the worst good team. Yeah, it's like the Green Bay Packers of last year, right? It's, oh, they're 13-3, and three, that kind of thing. It's But are they really that great? But um, but look, I, I mean, I as much as I'm going back with you on the whole Doug Peterson thing, I agree that you got to sit him because he's not playing well enough. There's no denying that it's been miserable. Y- you do need to hold him accountable and say, dude, if you're not going to listen to me ten thousand times, I can't just keep running you out there. So I do think that that has to happen at some point. It does. All right, let's play uh, a couple more here before we get to Casey. Just
2: watching the Eagles now is yeah, beyond frustrating, but they're not strategically work in the field, they get to the run game, then get away from it and never go back. We need to get the right coaches in there because Doug Peterson's play call is terrible. And we need a Q, uh, better QB coach or whatever for Wentz because he's been terrible since Filippo left. When Filippo on right left, destroyed the chemistry of the team. And another, I have a question for you. What do you see from Doug's facial expression in the interviews? Because I think he's he not even here right now. I think he's somewhere else. I don't think he's on Earth.
0: He's <laughs> not on Earth. <laughs> I literally felt, and I'm not making light of this, I felt like Doug kept looking at his watch, and by the end, I felt like he got a text giving him like horrible information. You think so? I felt like it was like emotional. Didn't you? Didn't anybody else catch I, that? I, I did
1: see him look at his
0: watch, no, but, but I, I didn't
1: interpret it the
0: way you if did. If we could bring up the video of him yesterday in the press conference, I feel that by the end he almost sounded like he was getting emotional, like he had heard something. Like I was like,
1: dude, is he okay? I do feel, just going to the mindset things, we talk about how Carson is lost and has no clue what's happening. I think you have the same situation with your head coach. I think they're both just out there right now.
0: All right, uh, we got anytime hotline calls. We'll play more on tomorrow's show because we got bucket load of them, of all you guys that uh, were basically just frustrated beyond. But when we come back, NFL insider Casey Joyner looked at the game tape. He'll tell us what he saw and give us one thought on every game. Kevin Harlan here from Monday Night Football on Westwood 1. Tony Bacelli now have the call of a great NFC matchup. It's Tom Brady in the 7-3. Now, back to the Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN. All right, Sports Bash. We got Casey Joyner going to give us one thought on every game. Plus, uh, he looked at the game tape of this Eagles debacle. I mean... Oh my god, I can't even start like telling you how frustrated frustrating this season is. It's bad. It's definitely not they good. They played Monday night against the Seahawks. They played a Monday night game against the Seahawks. It had to be 04 or 05, I want to say. They retired Reggie White's uniform. It was snowing out on Monday night and they lost like 42
1: nothing. You think that happens again? I wouldn't be surprised. All right. Well, I'll tell you a good thing. You can make some money with DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you a chance to double your money if either Baltimore or Pittsburgh scores a touchdown in Thursday night's game. On top of that, all new players get a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 973 when you sign up. Must be 21-year-old or New Jersey-only gambling problem called 1-800-GAMBLER.
0: All right, let's get Casey Joyner's take on what he saw in yesterday's game. Doug Peterson, Carson Wentz. Casey, it seems it's the same two guys getting questioned every single week. The whole year we've been having this conversation, it feels like wins and losses. You know, is it Peterson's play calling? Is it Wentz? Is he missing open guys? Is he not, you know, throwing the ball? Is he holding on to it too long? What is the underlining issue with this Eagles offense?
2: I tell you I looked at the run blocking yesterday and they kinda answered the question for me about the play calling because the run blocking and the running plays they were doing we're incredibly creative like exactly what you should do against cleveland the kind of trap plays they were using and the variety of trap plays they haven't been doing that all year so i'm watching that going and looking at the tape going well that's really good that's exactly what you should have been doing and you see a number of plays like that but what the problem for me is that it isn't the play calling necessarily it's not just once the entire team is lacking in situational awareness and in what they should be doing in any given situation there's too many instances of this And that's the sort of thing that tends to get worse as the season progresses. And it says that the coaching is not good at a different level than play calling.
0: So, I mean, ultimately, you know, Carson Wentz, is he a problem? Is he fixable? Is, you know, if you brought a new play caller in here, is if Doug Peterson had a different quarterback, are his plays working? I mean, it seems like there's like this uh, uh, dog chasing his tail here of, of problems.
2: I, depending on how you want to look at a couple of the interceptions, Carson Wentz could have had as many as six picks yesterday. There's one, a couple of plays where it's uh, maybe you should call that a near interception, maybe you shouldn't. But usually, if you have uh, you know X number of interceptions, anywhere from forty to fifty percent of them are going to turn into actual interceptions, typically speaking. So he actually could have had as many as three or if luck would have been against him, four interceptions yesterday. Even if you're accounting for luck going his way, and if luck went entirely against him, they could have as many as five picks. That's not play calling. You're not play calling situations to, to have a quarterback make that many risky passes, or that many inaccurate passes. I mean, some of it is that the receivers can't go up and win jump balls. I mean, uh, the one near interception to Fulham, where the, the linebacker picked it up and ended up coming off the ground. I mean, that's just not a play. And, and uh, Jeffrey doing the same thing when Ward out jumped him jeffrey couldn't even get three feet in the air it seemed like so you've got limitations of the receivers but your quarterback has to understand that and not put up those jump ball passes because that's part of the reason he's getting picks
0: all right so we had a guy in 2017 that maybe was going to be the mvp of the league in 2018 wasn't the same player but still a pretty good player 21 touchdowns seven interceptions he took care of the ball last year over 4,000 yards 27 touchdowns only seven interceptions this year he's at fifty-eight percent. The interceptions are are at an all-time re, you know pace. Um, he's getting sacked a lot, forty times sacked. Also has fumbled ten times. So, same play caller, same coach, same quarterback. The one the, he had a three-year window of constant numbers. Now fifty-eight percent and turnovers. So same coach, same play caller, and the quarterback. The one difference I see is the quarterback's completion percentage and decision making. So. Has he just completely lost it?
2: I think he's lost something because the interception, of the talky-talky interception return on that play, I mean, the Rodgers makes a mistake. He's supposed to be blocking the backside, and the cornerback does what's called a green dog, which means if he don't threaten this area at all, he can go ahead and blitz. Rodgers never even looks his way. He's the guy who would be picking it up if the blitz comes. He looks over the center. He's it's literally awesome. looking over to the other side of the field. He's not even paying any attention. So I can't blame once necessarily on that one, but as a quarterback, you, I mean, the, the guys, you know, blitz him from that far out, and you're holding the ball for as long as you are. And it's a problem for him that that, that that play gets picked. He needs to do that. But also the coach has to get the other players to play in better situations there, too. And when that ball goes up in the air, Miles Sanders is sitting there watching that ball flutter and waiting for it to come down to him. He doesn't even have any situational awareness that Taki Taki is going for the pick. If he does, he can make a tackle right there, even if he gets intercepted. Maybe he can stop the interception, he can make the tackle, and he can get that situation. And I think Carson Wentz is realizing that the players around him aren't doing their jobs, and he's doing exactly what Belichick says, that famous phrase, do your job. Part of that means do what you're supposed to do, but it also means don't try and do somebody else's job. Just do what you're supposed to do. And I think Carson Wentz is getting so frustrated about the players around him not doing what they're supposed to do that He's trying to make plays that aren't there to try to make up for, and you just have to get him to understand, look, we're going to have to get the other players to do their jobs, but you can't fix it by making these mistakes.
0: How much, Casey, changes the play caller when you have constant shuffling on the offensive line? They, had nine, they used nine offensive linemen yesterday.
2: The funny thing is, I mentioned the running game. That's why part of the reason I mentioned it is, yeah, it affects their pass blocking. It did not affect their run blocking. I mean, before, early in the year, they are going a bunch of basic zone blocking schemes, and then they knew against Cleveland you can't do that because the defensive line is too aggressive. They're a lot like the Eagles. They just get upfield. They're going to be a lot of disruptors. So you've got to do things to get them to not do that. So what do they do? They do a lot of trap plays, long trap plays, too. Not just short trap plays, do no long trap plays, do no when trap plays. They're doing these different variations of traps to get them to, you know, to, to make Cleveland think you can't just get upfield. And then in the second quarter, they started to do a lot more zone reads, things of that nature. I'm looking at that going – Okay, the offensive line that you have there is doing these things that you're asking them to do. This isn't basic. You're asking them to do some more complex things, and they're doing the things that you're asking them to do. That tells me, okay, the offensive line talent, that if it's not affecting you in the running game, why is it affecting you in the passing game? And it makes me think that that's not as much tradition in the passing game. I mean, it is, but it's a lot of that Wentz is holding the ball, and he's not taking plays that he should. I think it's more on Wentz than it is in the offensive line.
0: All right, let's get one thought on every game in week number 11. Casey Joyner is here, and let's go down the card and see what he saw. One thought every game. Here we go. Taysom Hill, starting quarterback material, looks like as he uh, gets his first win as a starter, they beat Atlanta 24-9. to
2: Yeah, I look at him, and I look at Jalen Hurts, and I go, huh, maybe. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's the kind of – Play calling that they did, maybe that's what the Eagles could do because you'd think that they were going to be a pass heavy team, but they want to be a run heavy team, and they got a run heavy quarterback, so it's a perfect fit.
0: Cincinnati and Washington, unfortunate for Burrow, I hate to see that. Washington picks up a win. The NFC East just got a lot tighter.
2: They did, and yeah, it is terrible for Burrow. I mean, he's the the, the knee injury he had; it it could be something that impacts him into next season and things. But Washington is playing a lot better. Their defense is a lot more impactful than people think, and Smith is a difference maker for them at quarterback. I think they could win at least half the games just away.
0: All right, Detroit and Carolina. Impressive outing by the Carolina defense because they've had their problems this year, but P.J. Walker comes in and Carolina gets a nice win. Detroit's got an identity crisis.
2: They have an identity crisis. Rule knew what he had a quarterback, so he knew what he could do because he'd coached that guy before, so it was a good it fit for them. But he try- it says something for Stafford. Stafford tried last year to play through having a broken back and he tried and he wanted to play through the team had to tell him no. And obviously his, his his thumb injury was a big enough problem. The Lions need to be able to tell Stafford you're not our guy when you get injured like that otherwise more situations like this gonna happen.
0: All right Casey Jordan one thought on every game as of course uh, another very interesting game was that Tennessee Buffalo. It goes to overtime. Tennessee now has Baltimore's number, but does Baltimore have a uh, issue with the quarterback situation?
2: The Baltimore, uh, they've got uh, they've got a whole identity crisis situation of their own. They're not pass blocking well. They're not pass rushing well. They're not run blocking particularly well. They 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 keep those rotating those running backs out. Now they get two of their running backs on on COVID. Uh, They've got a situation they're trying to be a power football team, and teams have figured out how to defense them, and they don't have a plan B. So if they don't get a better plan B, this team could be – they've lost three or four, and they could lose more down the stretch.
0: All right, uh, Pittsburgh and Jacksonville. Pittsburgh stays unbeaten. They uh, they take care of business. No tomlining for them this year.
2: No think other than the Dallas game. No, they they haven't. They took care of business here. They took care of business against Cincinnati, and their schedule is such that they've got three very winnable games down the stretch, and they got three tough games too. So one of the tough games is Baltimore. Baltimore's got a bunch of issues with COVID. So the Steelers they could be making a sixteen and 0 noise, and they're really not getting paid attention to for it.
0: So New England beats Baltimore on Monday night, and then they followed up with a loss to Houston.
2: They do, I, and they just they're they don't have enough making on offense and the fact that they couldn't run for more than they did. I mean, the leading rusher in that game is Harris at 43 yards. The Houston rush defense has been terrible this year and we couldn't get it done there. It just says that their pass game issues are such that they just, they're a one-dimensional team and you can't win one-dimensional.
0: Now, all week I was concerned about Miami being a road favorite in Denver. It just didn't feel like I'm ready to trust them. They made a change at quarterback. That didn't give them the spark and Denver keeps getting these odd wins. Uh, But what it says probably more about Miami here.
2: It does that. Miami didn't didn't really step up well, and they don't have as much on offense as they would like. I mean, they've got they their running back situation is not. they, they've been, they had had Gaskin, they got Breida, and they've got Salma, Ahmed, they've got. It's you know, just a rotation of, of Jags at running back, and that's that's a problem for them. But the game, what impressed me the most was Locke. He comes in that game banged up, and he, he throws for 270 yards, and and does a very good job and makes some plays at, at opportune times, and that just spez, says that Denver has a it's not a franchise quarterback, uh, a good quarterback.
0: All right, uh, Herbert continues to be impressive. They finally find a way to win. They almost let that one slip away against the Jets. Uh, But uh, the, the, the Chargers go across the country and win. Actually, no, that game was in L.A.
2: That says something for the for the Jets that you're so bad that everybody else can find a way to beat the Chargers in games like this. And the Jets, you guys can't do it. But let's give the, the Chargers credit for for finding a way to get it done. And Herbert, 366 yards with Burrow's injury, he's now the uh, the offensive rookie of the year.
0: All right, uh, and then you go to uh, maybe the game of the day, overtime, and the Colts beat Green Bay. People were questioning, oh, "Is this Colts team for real?" Well, are they?
2: They absolutely are. As, again, if you don't make you know, Philip Rivers throw interceptions, if he doesn't make a lot of picks and things, if he doesn't make mistakes, the rest of that team is good enough to do a lot of things. They've got a, a playmaker of Pittman now, but it says something that they get down twenty-eight fourteen, and then for the second half and in overtime, they allow three points to the Packers. That's how good that defense can be when they play at their best. So a bad first half, but they they can be a shutdown defense, and they're not they're going to be a tough out in the playoffs.
0: All right, Minnesota had been playing well. Dallas got their quarterback well one of their quarterbacks back in Andy Dalton and then all of a sudden Minnesota said you know what we thought we could get back into this but let's make the NFC East even more interesting Dallas comes back and wins 31-28.
2: And it speaks well for Dallas because Dallas had been playing better in a number of ways. Just when your quarterback situation falls to the level that their quarterback play had fallen to, you're not going to win many games. When you get Dalton back, that sets your floor a lot higher, and it makes it to where you can win games of this nature. When and they they play this game with Danucci, they would have lost. So it speaks well for <laughs> Dalton.
0: is just a great name in the NFL lore. <laughs> uh, what a game on Sunday night last night. I mean, Kansas City gets back on Vegas, but I guess the statement is that Vegas is kind of here to stay.
2: Vegas absolutely is. Uh, they play a lot of good power football. They need to play better defense, and they should have. When they got late in the game and they're trying to get down to, to get the lead, they probably should have tried to run a little more clock. I think it would have helped them out. And their defense on that touchdown pass—the game win touchdown pass—was non-existent. And we don't know where their, we still don't know where their safety was because he was so far out of position. Speaks well for them. But the, the Raiders have gone and beaten the Chiefs once and went toe to toe with them again. Yeah, their team is here to stay. Gruden's turned that franchise around.
0: Uh, I got a good one tonight. Rams. I, I think the. Rams are one of the five best teams in football right now. I think they're the most complete team in that division. And then Tampa, of course, uh, a lot of people think this is a possible Super Bowl could be an NFC championship preview. Give us a thought uh, on tonight's Monday Nighter.
2: Uh, Brady's been boom bust. The Tampa offense has been boom bust and the Rams are the type of team. Rams have Steelers probably have the best defensive league. The Rams are second best, if if they're not the best. You can make an argument that the Rams are a little better than the Steelers right now. They are playing that well on defense and their offenses. I think it's three hundred fifty or more offensive yards in all but one game this year. I mean, their offense is still they're not. It's not the center of that team it was a couple of years ago. But the Rams are actually playing better than they did. They're a better team than they were two years ago. I think they can get them. They win this game.
0: Casey joined her with one thought on every game, and he's back on Friday to give us one thought on each week 12 games. Of course, the Eagles are on Monday. So on Monday, Casey uh, will be here to preview the Eagles and the Seahawks. We'll have that game for you live on 97.3 ESPN. Happy Thanksgiving to you, Casey. It's always a pleasure to talk football with you. We've been doing it for years, and I look forward to many more, pal. Hey, we appreciate it, Mike. Thanks to you and yours, too. All right, uh, that's NFL Insider Casey Joyner, scientist.com. He, like all guests, appeared via the Boardwalk Honda Hotline. He gives us one thought on every game, every Monday and Friday, going into the weekend. It's brought to you by Dorothy Gale Roofing. There's no place like your home. And if you have to a leak or, new, or need a new roof, call Dorothy Gale at 877-97-KEVIN or visit them online at DorothyGale.com. So, I got this text message I wanted to read off because I think it's interesting. Kind of goes into what we've been talking about. So, he says, guys, Jets fans tell me Sam Darnold is horrible and he's regressed because of Adam Gase. But the last two weeks, look what their offense has done with Joe Flacco. They're a different team. The offense is scoring points and moving the ball. Joe Flacco isn't great, but he's competent and that's not what they're getting with Sam Darnold. In other words, the Jet fans can't stand Gase because they think his offense stinks. But then Flacco goes in there, same offense, just making routine plays, and now the Jets aren't a good team, but they're scoring points. Their offense isn't their problem. Their defense is freaking abysmal. But I think that's a good indication of Gase was getting blasted as this horrible play caller and this horrible coach because they had Sam Darnold well, maybe Darnold was the problem and not the coach's play calling because now you put Flacco in there, just an average guy,
1: and all of a sudden your offense isn't your issue anymore. I don't know if I'm ready to go out and say Adam Gase isn't bad now because Joe Flacco's making plays. Oh, he still is, making but plays. I mean, he's not
0: a good head coach. There's no question about it. But the offense has, under Flacco, has been, I mean... They've been scoring 27, 28. I mean, they've put. Yeah,
1: but sometimes that creates a little spark. Like, you you get this new guy, it brings a little bit of energy, it gives a little pep in the step for some players, and then, you know, it well, just. Well, I think we all can come to an
0: agreement, though, that Flacco is not some high air raid offense. He's just an average
1: guy who just makes routine plays. Yeah, I, I, I don't see how I mean, that offense, necessarily means it's yep. the same situation that we're well, going I, through I'm right now. i just saying,
0: like. You might say bad play calls and yada, yada. He's calling the same plays for a different guy, and he's saying. Is he,
1: though?
0: I don't, don't watch see, them right. I agree with you. I'm going I off of you. the Jet fan, what they're
1: telling me. Okay. I'm just saying. They could. He could be doing stuff different just, based and, off of Darnold and, and, look, and I'm looking at their scores.
0: 17, 13, 7, 10, 0, 10, 9. And then the last two weeks, 27 and 28. So it sounds like the last two weeks... So Joe, but
1: that's telling me that Joe Flacco is a 28, like, I don't think Joe Flacco is that great to be scoring 28 points per game, so something's happening here that it's not just Joe Flacco that's being the big difference in the outcome, because if that's the case, Joe Flacco can make the playoffs and make legit runs if they're scoring 28 points per game under him, you know, like, offenses didn't want Joe Flacco for a reason, he was going to be the third stringer here, he's not a 28 point per game guy or else he'd have a legitimate job in this league. Um, Well, he was 18 of 25 with
0: three touchdowns, though, so he wasn't like they were asking him. He didn't throw for like 400 yards. He just happened to throw three touchdown passes, but again, efficiency and just, you know, high completion percentage. 25 passes is not a whole heck of a lot of throws in today's game, and this week he was 15 of 30.
1: Not good. Not good. No, fifty so th- percent. So that good. means something else is going on. That's I what I'm Did saying. There's, there's, a that, there's a lot that goes on in terms of you know how. Oh, uh, they had a 49-yard touchdown yeah. pass. Yep. So that changes it for sure. Yeah. I don't but think, I think it... it's a pretty interesting. It's, it is interesting. Yeah. I it is it's a interesting. Interesting
0: dynamic is you have Gase, who most people thinks an idiot, and by the way, Gase has had success as a play caller for. It's like Schwartzy. He's a good coordinator, not a good right. head coach. Absolutely, but. He's had success, quote-unquote, as a play caller when he was in Denver. That got him a head coaching job. And, you know, he went to Miami. They were not a great team in Miami. And I don't, I'm know i not sitting here standing up for Gase. But yeah, I think it's interesting to view it, I right? It's I an mean, it's an interesting dynamic it's that you've got it. this kid, Darnold, who I'm um, imagining if you're a Jet fan, you want to be good. You drafted him high. You hoped he was your guy. So you're blaming the coach because you want Darnold to be good. And maybe it's just, Darnold's not yeah, all that see, good. Yeah, but see, the only
1: reason why I don't like the way you word that, because then it's like Doug doesn't get any credit, because like we just want Wentz to work out so well, it's, it doesn't matter what Doug's doing. But it does. Like It plays a big role. That's why it's, so we talk about Brady, we talk about Belichick. You talk about Sean Payton, you talk about Drew Brees. Like, there's a reason why every time you talk about quarterbacks, it's tied to the head coach, Mahomes, Reed golf McVay like there's a reason why they're well, they
0: doesn't call the
1: place th- that's fair but when you talk about those two yeah. it, it is I mean, always, that's definitive that
0: he's not the play guy.
1: you're right you're right he's the defensive minded yeah, coach recalls sure. the place you're right I'm with you yeah but there's a reason why the coach and the quarterback is normally always tied together because they're so hand in hand with one another they really are yeah and that's why when one of them is not playing well it's Tough for the other guy. <laughs> yeah, or and it's but it could, it's and the way I view it is, it's both. They're both underperforming at, at a high level.
0: All right, we got five to wrap it up.
1: Wake up weekday mornings from 6 to 10 with Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Subin
0: on 97.3 ESPN. We're back on Tuesday. <laughs> Three in and just, man, 95. Number five. All right, time for five questions. Get ready to wrap up the show, spirited back and forth, and uh, we'll do it again tomorrow. But first, let's get the five. Yes, we will do it again tomorrow. All right, we got a good game tonight, though. Will Mike Evans score a touchdown? He, I feel like, has just been meh this year. I know. A lot you of know? guys out there, though. Yeah, we're down there. They've had some injury issues, though, that he just... Mike Evans, I when he came into the league, I thought was going to be, like, the guy, like, the best player in the league. like best... I mean, he's been good, but... Not like, wow. I mean, he's having a decent year this year. Eight touchdowns, but um, I don't know. I just thought he would be like.
1: No, i with you. He doesn't have that same, like, when I think of him, I don't think of the same way as I do Michael Thomas or Julio Jones. Like, I don't know if he, he screams that type of impact. Maybe it's because of where he plays, though, you know? I think tonight's game's going to be fun, but uh, no Mike Evans touchdown. No Mike Evans. Okay. Tom Brady's passing yards, 285 and a half over or under? I'll uh, go
0: under. He averages about 275. I'm going to throw him around there. This Rams defense is good. I put him in the fine five last week. Yes, you did. How about Henderson? I had them at number four in my fine five last week. I was shocked when I heard that. We'll see if they stay I in I think they're not. the most complete team in that division. They have the best defense in that division, and I think their
1: offense maybe isn't the best of the three, but it's Comparable. No, you're right. When you look at the three teams involved, they are the most complete for sure. Uh, Henderson, 31 and a half rushing yards.
0: Uh, under. Under. I mean, they, they change their running back situation. I know. Like, weekly out I there. know. All right, the total points is set at 48 between these two. I'm going to go under in that one. Okay. I like the Rams' defense. I think they step up. Bucks got a decent defense. It's not great, but I think this is one of those games where the Ram- like the the style of this game, will, will be the. Ra- I'm going big on the Rams tonight. Okay, and I so like the Bucks. The Bucks are favored by four and a half and a half. Yeah, the you're game's the gonna- Tampa. You're going to go Rams. Uh, I think Tampa wins, but do they cover? I think Rams cover. Okay, so you're going to go with the Rams. Close plus game, four and a half. Close game, like I'll say
1: 24-20, somewhere in that range. If it's 24. anything like last night's game was, sign me up. Yeah. That
0: was fun as hell. Sure was, after watching what we watched in the morning and the afternoon. My God. You know, the Eagles have a Monday nighter and then three straight 4 o'clock games, 425ers.